I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Support for Mississippi Edition comes from Trustmark, featuring My Trustmark, online and mobile banking. Monitor accounts and information, transfer funds, create special alerts and reminders. Details at Trustmark.com. Member FDIC. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Monday, January 22nd. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, a conversation with Governor Phil Bryant in light of the shutdown of the federal government. We'll also ask him what he thinks of a new effort to revamp public school funding in Mississippi. If I were the lieutenant governor again, I would make sure that I brought it to the floor uh, by next week and get it to the governor's desk. And after everyday tech, the Roe versus Wade decision may have been 45 years ago, but the deep feelings on both sides of the abortion debate remain. And they're as real and current in Mississippi as they've ever been. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Lawmakers are set to vote today on a temporary measure to restart the federal government. Republicans who control both houses of Congress are pointing fingers at Democrats who want to include protections for people who were brought into the U.S. illegally as children. Governor Phil Bryant is keeping his eye on the negotiations, telling our Mark Rigsby many Mississippians depend on services provided by the federal government. Congress and Senate needs to do their job um, to to think that the very idea that we would close down the federal government, uh, supporting our military, supporting our law enforcement, uh, fighting over illegal immigration is not the battle the Democrats really want to take on. What's the impact here in Mississippi? Well, of course, it's, you look at all the federal dollars, the CHIPS program. Uh, I, I know that the Democrats, uh, Chuck Schumer, believes that DACA is important. I'm not going to argue that point. Uh, but so are the CHIP children in Mississippi. So children's insurance will be at risk. Uh, We're now just trying to gauge what effect that would occur on providers. Uh, But you're talking about federal law enforcement agencies, uh, U.S. Attorney's Office, military personnel all throughout the state of Mississippi would be working without pay. It it would have a devastating effect on uh, those uh, military personnel and law enforcement personnel that protect and serve every day. Wanted to get your thoughts on the uh, House Bill 957 that would essentially rewrite the Mississippi Adequate Education Program. Well, I'm in support of it. I think Speaker did a really good job uh, of shepherding that bill through. What it'll do is add a little over $100 
billion dollars more uh, to public education than they're receiving just now. Um, it, a lot of people argue, well, it's not as much as in the original formula. The original formula uh, formula has only been funded once uh, in in the many years that it's been uh, in existence. It's difficult to understand. It's hard to manage. The old formula is this is a clear, concise formula that you can put on one page that parents can understand, that students can understand. And again, it adds more money to the public education funding for the state of Mississippi. So I'm encouraged by it. I know it's being demagogued uh, by some uh, in the legislature, but uh, I truly believe this is going to be a better program for the students uh, in Mississippi schools. What is your message now to members of the Senate? Now the ball is now in their court. Pass it as quickly as you can. Uh, uh, certainly we won't give them time to review it, but that's the other thing you hear, the complaints. Well, we had not had a chance to look at it. Uh, Ed Bill has had basic, the basic outline of the bill uh, on their website for over a year now. This has been a two-year conversation. It's really only 34 pages. The rest of it is existing legislation. So when you hear about these 360 pages, the 34 pages that involve the new bill would be easy to read in an hour. And so they'll have uh, plenty of time to look at it. If if I were the lieutenant governor, again, um, I would make sure that I brought it to the floor um, by next week and get it to the governor's desk. Governor, thank you. Thank you so much. Governor Phil Bryant with our Mark Rigsby. In other news, women from across Mississippi rallied in downtown Jackson this weekend celebrating womanhood and equal rights. MPB's Ashley Norwood reports on the Women's March in Mississippi. On the steps of the state capitol, several hundred women rallied on the one-year anniversary of the Women's March in Mississippi. The grounds of the capitol quickly filled with signs, cheers, and splashes of pink. References to President Trump, women in politics, and survivors of sexual assault were topics of discussion for many attendees and guest speakers. Catherine Gray is the author of Unsilenced Woman, a blog about finding your voice after sexual abuse. I made myself smaller to fit in the space that they left for me, the space that was left after their ego and desperation and control and fear. Not today. Not anymore. Patty Drapala traveled from Starkville to support women who are speaking out against sexual harassment. Most women have experienced sexual harassment. I know I have. That's why I have Me Too, Time's Up, and To Resist. Because this, this does need to come to the forefront. This has been a societal problem since this nation was begun. Malaysia Walker is a transgender woman. She says equal rights should be for every woman, no matter her difference. We fight against discrimination when it comes to any and everything. It's time for it to stop. It's time for us to make a change as women here in Mississippi. Organizers collected items for women to donate to the Stupai Community Services in Jackson. Ashley Norwood, MPB News. The Roe versus Wade decision came 45 years ago today. Coming up, we'll hear reflections Podcaster. from both sides. That's after Everyday Tech. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On the next Fresh Air, is American democracy in trouble? Professor Stephen Levitsky and Daniel Ziblatt say it's threatened by partisan politics and a president who denigrates the media and impugns the integrity of elections. It's hard to think of two institutions that are more fundamental to democracy than our elections and our free press. Their book is How Democracies Die. Join us. 
Today at 3 on MPB Think Radio. If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. I'm Michelle McAdoo with Will Scotraire and Jeremy Thompson. And today we're discussing malware, how to spot current threats, and ways to fend them off. So guys, when we say malware, what exactly are we talking about? Well, really the term malware is short for malicious software. And the way I really tend to think about it is it's kind of an umbrella term for all of those different malicious items that manage to make it onto our tech device. Also, it's probably the most annoying thing that people encounter on their computers from day to day because it can pop up anywhere. It can be a a random pop-up on your computer or you could be up on the Internet or, or clicking on something in your email and it can pop up. So knowing what it is and knowing how to uh, treat the problem is definitely something that everybody with a, an electronic device needs to know. When you start seeing a slowing down phone, a slowing down computer, a slowing down laptop, typically malware is going to be to blame for that. How do we recognize malicious programs and links in email or on the web? My policy is don't click on links in your email unless you know the person and the email looks like something that they would send you. You can kind of tell how people send their emails. I always write mine like a form letter, so I have a salutation and all that. So if you got something from me that says, check this out, that is suspect. The, the best rule of thumb, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to uh, links, whether they're an email or even on the web, is if I'm going somewhere, especially if I'm going somewhere that has my personal or financial information, I don't click a link. I'm going to type it in myself. If I'm going to my bank, I'm going to type my bank's name in rather than follow any link that I'll ever see in an email. Absolutely. Um, you always want to make sure that the link that you're, if, if you're going to click on the link, you need to make sure that it's actually going to the address that appears because it's possible for them to make it look like it's going to Google when it's really going to something else completely different. Um, it's possible to uh, put your mouse over the link and you can actually see where it's going to take you, or you could also copy the link address and put it in, uh, paste it into Word or Notepad or something and see where it's actually going. Yeah, that's a very, very common trick that folks will do. You may be thinking you're going one place, but you totally end up somewhere else. Um, and a lot of times you don't realize it until it's too late. One very common way that it's been spreading lately is by people uh, receiving an invoice from somebody they know. And so they click on it because they're like, well, what did they send me this for? And as soon as you click on that invoice, they got you too. And they get in your email and they get your address book and they send it out to all your people too. So what are some effective apps for defending your tech? So Wilson and I really believe in two apps that are out there right now. Um, you've got Avast Antivirus, which we talk about all the time. Uh, It's a great free program. It's also the number one virus protection on the planet. It keeps you protected from most of the things that are out there. Uh, The other one, Wilts, Malwarebytes. Oh, Malwarebytes is just, it's been a a resident in the stable for quite a while. It just does an extremely effective job at actually tending to removing and just cleaning up from any kind of malware infections. So what do you do if you have become infected? 
My, my first recommendation, if you already have these programs downloaded on your computer and you've got them updated, disconnect from the Internet. A lot of malware actually uses your Internet connection to power itself. So if you're not on the Internet, then it keeps those pop-ups from coming up when you're removing different programs. That's a good first step. Then definitely run the scan with Malwarebytes first and then uh, run it again after that to make sure that it comes up with zero infections. If you're still noticing any kind of slowdowns or you're still suspect of your computer possibly still being infected, uh, at that particular point would probably be when I would say you'd want to reach out to an IT professional. So, Michelle, when we're talking about malware, we like to go with the old adage, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. You do not need to wait for these things to become problems on your computer. You can install these programs now and nip it in the bud before it becomes a massive problem for you. That's true, Jeremy. And if you feel you have been compromised, we need to always remember there are over-the-counter cures for your computer woes. Just like if you're walking down the aisle of your local pharmacy and you see plenty of home remedies, there are several remedies out there for what may be ailing your computer. We will talk more about malware on Everyday Tech, the show that comes on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. You can send us an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. For Wilts Couture and Jeremy Thompson, I'm Michelle McAdoo. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. For 150 years, historically black colleges and universities have been a vital influence in American history. MPB invites you to a screening of Tell Them We Are Rising, a documentary exploring the history of HBCUs. January 25th at 3 p.m. at the Mississippi East Center. Now this event is free and space is limited. For reservations and other information, visit mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. The Roe versus Wade decision may have been 45 years ago, but the deep feelings on both sides of the abortion debate remain, and they're as real and current in Mississippi as they've ever been. Today, we're hearing from both sides of the issue. We'll start with Shannon Brewer, director of the Jackson Women's Health Organization, the state's only remaining abortion provider. Brewer tells MPB's Desiree Frazier about the clinic and why she believes it offers an important service to the community. Um, of course, this is an abortion facility, so we do offer um, elective abortions here. We also offer birth control options. Um, we do um, checkups for um, women, um, any type of, um, a lot of different OBGYN services, people just wanting to ask questions pertaining to um, OBGYN services, and we do referrals to different doctor's offices and stuff like that. We are looking at the 45th anniversary of Roe v. Wade. Uh, 45 years out, that's a long time. What do you think? I guess here we were more worried or concerned more about the fact that it's been 45 years and we're still fighting a lot of the same things that we were fighting 45 years ago. This is such a heated and controversial issue. Why do you think it has become such a lightning rod? I don't think it has. I think it's always been a lightning rod. I think whenever um, we get new, whenever the presidential, um, the president's change or election time comes around or Roe v. Wade comes around, that's just when it's seen more in the public eye. But here inside this facility, 
we're dealing with this every single day. So, you know, for people to say that it's going, it's, it's rising or getting worse or getting more demanding, I don't see more demanding because I see demanding every day. It, it really is the what people don't see. They don't see us in the courts and stuff every day. They don't see us going back and forth having to um, try to fight these trap laws. This is an everyday ongoing battle. What is a trap law? Basically, these are uh, antis who try to get um, laws passed for abortion clinics that we have to abide by that have absolutely nothing to do with women's rights or women's health care or the betterment of women. It's just strictly laws that... They want to get past that we can't abide by, therefore having to close us down. And this is the only abortion clinic in the state. There have been attempts to close you down. Uh, the Fifth Circuit blocked a law that required that doctors who perform abortions here have to be uh, board certified and have rights at a local hospital. They, that was one of the laws they tried, one of the trap laws they tried to um get passed here and uh, as you said the um the fifth circuit did block that they they blocked it because they knew it served no purpose it serves no purpose for a doctor to have admitting privileges at a local hospital when that's what hospitals are for if you have an emergency you go to the hospital the doctor doesn't have admitting privileges if i have surgery in New Orleans and I come home and I have an emergency, I don't go back to New Orleans because that doctor has the admitting privileges there. I go to my local hospital, to the emergency room. It served no purpose. That was just another law to try to get us closed down. And if someone says, well, why are women have, having abortions? Why are they? Do they have children? Do they not want children? Um, what are the issues? There's not one particular issue as to why a woman has an abortion. I have been here 17 years, and I can tell you of millions of reasons why a woman chose to have an abortion. I I have seen women come walk in in, in um, wheelchairs that that their caretaker has been raping them. I have seen minors come in to where their their parent has been having sex with them. I have had I have seen couples come in who wants to have a baby, but they but they get pregnant and something is wrong with the the fetus. So where I, one particular one that stands out where the um the body was growing but there was no skull and there was no brain or anything growing above the neck area and the doctor recommended that they have an abortion. This this couple was distraught because they wanted to have a child and they are pulling up out there and you have the protesters out there screaming saying you're less than a man for doing this and don't make, don't do this, don't, you know, and these people are already going through things and they don't care out there. They just, they treat them as if they're all, everybody's here for one particular reason and everybody has their own reason. And that's why people shouldn't judge. I've had people that stood on the other side of the fence judging people and years later had to walk through our doors, you know, because they needed the services. The fact of the matter is nobody wakes up and says, I'm going to have an abortion. That That is not how abortion works. Abortion is a service that's there for when you need it. Are you ever fearful for your life? No, I'm not fearful. I'm, I'm a very cautious person just from being here all the time. There are certain things that I do uh, on a daily basis and my staff does on a daily basis that probably the average person that goes to work doesn't do. Um, so we're naturally very cautious about a lot of things, but I don't fear for my life. Uh, I came to the conclusion a long time ago that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Whatever's for me is for me. 
whatever happens, it's going to happen anyway. Now, if someone comes in and they want to talk, they, you know, they're distraught and everything. Does anyone ever leave pregnant? Yes, we have a lot of patients that leave pregnant. That's And that's the thing that people don't get is that they think that everybody that comes in here is having an abortion. And that's how they're treated when they pull in that parking lot. And that's what I think is so unfair. You have patients, like I said, that walk in here and want birth control. And they're treated they're screamed at and yelled at in that parking lot, and all they want is birth control. Shannon Brewer of the Jackson Women's Health Organization. Dr. Beverly McMillan is an obstetrician and a board member with Pro-Life Mississippi. McMillan was also involved in running Mississippi's very first abortion provider back in the 1970s. She shares her story with MPB's Desiree Fraser. Life is um, precious. We don't have the right to kill an innocent human person because of the intrinsic dignity of each human person. And I came to that late in life, I'm afraid, because uh, I opened up the first abortion clinic in Mississippi in 1975 and ran it for three years before I had a change of heart. What led to your change of heart? Honestly, looking at the baby parts, uh, doing a, we did suction DNCs up to 12 weeks of pregnancy, and the safety of the procedure required that the doctor be certain that all the parts were removed, otherwise the woman could have infection, bleeding, etc. Um, so you'd have to reassemble the parts after you suction the, the baby out. And I just got to where I, I couldn't look at it anymore. Does your position stand for, in the case of rape or um, some issue with the fetus or threat to the mother's life? Yes, my stand is the same. The, uh, abortion does not unrape a woman. If she has uh, misfortune to undergo that trauma, putting her through the trauma of, of killing another or harming another uh, innocent human person, she was an innocent human person who got uh, violated by rape, uh, and telling her that it's okay for her to do it is not uh, reasonable not reasonable. What, what a woman needs in that situation is a lot of support. She needs a lot of moral support. Looking at this 45 years out, um, there's been a lot of conflict, controversy, and sometimes violence around this issue. What do you think it's going to take? I mean, right now, Mississippi has one clinic, and uh, there are attempts to close that. Do you want that one closed? I'd like all of them closed. I think what we really have to do is make abortion not so much illegal as unthinkable. Now, if we can get to that point, that's that's what I would like to see. What do you mean by unthinkable? That it's so horrendous that you wouldn't do it. There is a law that the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals blocked that was um, passed in 2012 in the state that uh, required doctors that work at that particular abortion clinic, since it's the only one um, anyway, but they have to be board certified and um, have rights at a local hospital. When you say have rights at a local hospital, what does that mean? That means you have admitting privileges that you can admit a patient and, and take care of the patient if you have complications. In thinking about this issue and all of the ramifications of it, what has been the most challenging thing for you? I think um, being able to have a reasonable discussion with someone who thinks differently um, often doesn't seem to be very possible. Uh, so it's, it's lovely when you can just sit down and talk about it, uh, have some light instead of heat. 
Um, and then it's, it's very sad to see women who have complications, whether it's emotional or physical, uh, after an abortion. Um, and that's very difficult to, to, to watch. Well, Dr. McMillan, we appreciate your time and sharing your thoughts with us on this important issue that continues to resonate for different reasons with different people. We appreciate it. Well, thank you, and I, I appreciate your light rather than heat uh, approach to this. I do. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Deep South Dining. Then at 10 o'clock, it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. And at 11 o'clock, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB Public Media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition only on MPB Think Radio. online and mobile banking, monitor accounts and information, transfer funds, create special alerts and reminders. Details at Trustmark.com. Member FDIC.